Hear my plea by Rochelle Blumenfeld. The Apostles Peter and John were arrested for preaching the good news about Jesus. After warning and threatening them to stop doing this, the ruling council of the Jews released them. This was the Apostles' response. On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, You made the heavens and the earth and the sea, and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage? And the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up. And the rulers band together. Against the Lord. And against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, Consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant Jesus. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. NIV. The early believers in Jesus turned to God in a time of persecution. They found comfort in how God had worked in the past. The ancient church claimed the strength to carry on with speaking about Christ in their everyday lives. When they heard about threats against the apostles, the believers did not get angry or upset about how terrible things were. Instead, the church decided to concentrate on corporate prayer together. God is going to do what God is going to do. No government, nation, institution, group of people, or individual person can thwart God's agenda for the church and world. God is sovereign over everything. We are not. Our place is to participate in God's agenda through the ministry of prayer and speaking the Word of God. God acted in the past, on behalf of those first believers who came to Jesus and worshipped Him with all their hearts. God is still transforming lives. It happened in ancient Jerusalem, throughout the history of the Church, and in places today around the world. It can also happen with us. Prayer is like breathing, inhaling more of God and exhaling less of me. Prayer takes the form of first remembering what God did in the past. Then, we pray specifically for our current situation which connects to the larger purposes of what God is doing. All the while we anticipate God will hear and act, just as has been done throughout history. Remembrance is an important dimension to biblical prayer. Memory is necessary because we have a tendency toward forgetfulness. The older we get the more we tend to forget, probably because we have so much to remember. So, continually rehearsing what God has done keeps us grounded in Scripture and tethered to what God can do now. Remembering God's saving actions and finding our own personal stories in the grand story of redemption helps us to pray in biblical ways. The prayer of the early believers was a rehearsal of God's mighty reputation, from creation to King David, to the redemptive events of Jesus. They reminded God of when, in the past, there was divine intervention. The church collectively quoted Psalm 2 about the Messiah. That psalm declares how the nations of the earth plot in vain because the Lord is the one who shall prevail over every hard circumstance. God bends each malevolent action toward the redemption and transformation of humanity. God will work out benevolent plans and purposes, even using people who have no acknowledgement of God. God is not surprised by our troubles and our tough situations. God is never frustrated by people acting badly, because divine providence and guidance is in control, even if we cannot always perceive it or see it in the moment. Remembering and rehearsing what God has done in the past helps us realize that, during any trouble, God is in control and will accomplish good plans on this earth. The prayer of the believers in Acts made the connection between what God has done and what they needed. Photo by Pixabay on Pexels.com
Interestingly, the believers did not pray for relief from oppression or for God to judge their persecutors. Instead, they prayed for boldness to speak the Word of God in the middle of their trouble. They rightly discerned that they needed to pray for courage to speak about Jesus. So, the church prayed for God to act in power, for God's Word to go forth, and for Christ's name to be glorified. God's response to the prayer was immediate. The place where the church was praying shook. God did exactly what they asked for, filling them up with the Spirit, so that they spoke boldly about Jesus. Just as God empowered people for service in the past, so it was done in the present. What's more, God will empower us with the same courage. It is completely normal to simultaneously yearn for bravery while being afraid of getting a prayer for boldness answered. This is more than trying to overcome feelings of awkwardness or shyness. For the early believers, a very real and immediate danger to speaking up about Jesus was present. It seems to me we need more people who know how to ask good questions and have the patience and attention to listen well and respond thoughtfully. It does no good to simply dispense answers to questions people aren't asking. Speaking about Jesus does not mean making spiritual cold calls on strangers. And it certainly doesn't involve being obnoxious or acting like a spiritual pester pup. Discussing Jesus mostly means speaking casually, one-on-one, with a friend, co-worker, neighbor, or family member you already know. Too often we might try to fly under the radar and avoid people because we think talking about Jesus is going to be too hard, or out of our league. Confidence and courage are not telling people what they ought to believe. It is rather like sharing a precious gift with someone. It begins in relationships with people we care about and extends to a relationship with God. It is about discovering God together, and not arm-twisting others to personal ethics or church-going. Yet, it may still all sound too scary. So, maybe we start with this, tell me what's going on. Then listen. After listening, say, I'll pray for you. The next time you encounter the person, ask how that situation went. Express that you'll pray again. Keep doing it and watch what God will do through you. When we pray for boldness, and courageously make ourselves available to God, then we are living sacrifices. This is our spiritual act of worship. Romans 12 1-2, who knows? Why not here? Why not now? Why not us? After praying, we might find our meeting places shaken, lives transformed, and everyone filled with God's Holy Spirit. God Almighty, as You sent the Son, send us into the world with Your compelling love. Help us by means of Your Spirit, to share Your good news of love, forgiveness, justice, peace, compassion, and care. Revive Your Church, O Christ. Gracious God, work everywhere reconciling, loving, and healing Your people and Your creation. Open our eyes to Your mission in the world. Send us to serve with Christ, taking risks to give life and hope to all people and all Your creation. Amen.